This is Up for Debate, episode number 217, recorded September 30th, 2021. Sean and Matt presents Fast and Furious presents Hobbs and Shaw. Our target's name is Brixton. He's a ghost. We're going to need the best trackers in the business. Luke Hobbs. I'm what you call an ice cold can of whoop ass. Career lawman. Always gets his guy. We're going to need to operate outside the system. Deckard Shaw. I'm what you might call a champagne problem. Rogue former MI6 agent. Doesn't play well with others. If we stand a chance against Brixton, you guys have to work together. No way. This guy's a real ass. Hello, everybody. Welcome to this Fast and Furious episode of Up for Debate, the podcast that uh, loves any kind of cyber-engineered virus. I'm Sean Jennings, joined, as always, by our own Hugh Janus. It is Matt Mariani. Hello, Matt. (laughs) Hey, how's it going, Sean? Uh, ready to talk about this this new buddy cop movie that we discovered um, <laughs> called Hobbs and Shaw. I'm I'm Matt. I've been saying this all along that I I'm on the fence about uh, the Fast and Furious franchise and whether or not I like it. But this is such a departure from the franchise. That I said, okay, this is it's going to be an interesting film, and uh, I got to say, I have some interesting opinions. I'm excited to talk about it. Oh yeah, this is. Um, I, I don't. I, I wanted to call it a departure from the series, but it's it's kind of it's kind of names itself that because it says it's a it's a it's kind of like what um, exactly what the new Star Wars movies are doing, where they're uh, it's like Star Wars presents, or where they they're, they're like mini adventures or riffs on the star wars adventures like han solo a star wars story world one a star wars story this is hobbs and shaw a fast and furious adjacent story that uh we'll be talking about on our show today yeah it's it's gonna be a good one um a valuable spinoff with two of your most beloved characters matt is there any Anywhere in particular you want to start with this one? Um, yeah, I guess we should maybe just kind of sequence it like we like we've been doing in the past, just kind of unpacking it and uh, moving along that way. Only I think this time, Sean, I'm, I might let you take the reins on it, and I, for a reason that I may I, I may explain a bit later, um, as I pull up my notes. Um, maybe maybe That's you want to start us off. Fine, where did we go? I will take us through the plot because I'm going to just take a wild guess and say you fell asleep in the middle of it and missed some of it. <laughs> uh, it was only, it was only during one of the major action sequences, and it was perfectly timed because action sequence happened. I woke up, and all of a sudden we were in Samoa. And um, yeah. they had no clue where they... Because the setting change was so dramatic. They went from like being in, in Chernobyl... To like in like a snowy like government facility and lab, to just being on on like this beautiful island. And the only reason I knew it was Samoa was I think because the um, because Hobbs kept mentioning it was Samoa over and over again and right. talking about his family in Samoa. And there was also that whole that whole convenient part in the beginning when they were at the diner when um, Hobbs and his daughter, which his daughter was talking about the social studies assignment that she received to make their family tree. 
setting she that found... up perfectly. So you yeah. knew it was going to come back. So then I was like, okay, they might, they, they, this is Samoa. They're in. That's what they're doing. Um, so yeah, how do we start this one off? First oh. of all, Hobbs and Shaw, 2019, buddy action comedy film. Yeah, man, That's there was a lot of comedy in this one. I give credit where credits due. Let's. It, it was. It was. It was. Uh, a heavy doses of action and quips, uh, and we got it all. Uh, the movie begins in London. Uh, a young female whose identity we don't yet know and her team of MI6 agents attempt to retrieve a programmable super virus dubbed Snowflake from the techno-terrorist organization Aton. I know that already sounds confusing, but stay with me here. Uh, Brixton Lore, uh, played by Idris Alba, an Aton operative with cybernetic implants, uh, arrives and kills all the agents except for uh, the unknown female individual who injects the only dose of Snowflake into herself before escaping. Uh, she is framed for killing her team and stealing it, forcing her to go on the run. Yeah, so that's where we start off. And uh, um, right from the beginning, uh, any any elements of Fast and Furious are kind of... like I don't even think there's a... I don't even think there's a, like a... A big car action-y sequence. I mean, she tries to drive the truck, right? And then the, dr- the truck flips over on it, onto its side. But other than that, was there, was there a big driving action set piece in the beginning of, the, of this movie? I would argue the movie doesn't get fast and furious until we get to the Hobbs family custom shop. Once again, proving my theory that in order to be included in the Fast and Furious universe, you have to be at all of a hacker, invincible to death, generally invincible to any kind of injury or damage, uh, not only be able to drive very fast cars, but also work on them and build them. Um, and if you can do that, you too can be in Fast and Furious. So it was just funny to me, like, of all the things the Hobbs family could be doing for a living, it's making custom cars. Yeah, um, uh, it's, that's kind of... Yeah, obvious, and of course the uh, there's that joke where I think the I think um, Hobbs is like you're co- compensating for something, or what he's walking through the he's looking at the cars, is clearly compensating. Um, oh, yeah. th- this movie's got a lot of the if you if you were a fan, if you liked that uh, 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 sixth grade seventh grade boy humor that has been riddled through. This entire series, this movie has got a lot of that. It's got a lot of those. A lot of. I mean, our our code names are uh, definitely um, indicative of that. So, Absolutely no. The one liners, the, the quotes. IMDb quotes page for this movie is just pure gold. Uh, from. I'm what you'd call an ice-cold can of whoop-ass. You know, all those, like, old wrestling lines. Um, There's a great line, actually. I think it's on this... I think it's in the beginning of the movie where, um, who we later learn is Hattie Shaw, uh, says to Idris Elba, says, who the hell are you? And he goes, bad guy. And I'm like, it's just those little, like, funny movie things where I'm like, this movie is legitimately funny. I kind of appreciated that... uh... That line, I, I actually, I, I thought Idris Elba did a great job as a whole, as he always does. I mean, he never really—I so don't think he ever really that, hits a bad is, note. I mean, maybe he hits a bad note with his songs, but. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but it's—I said that about the 
early Fast and Furious movies is these movies get better when you bring in really good actors to be the villains. Like, the first set of movies, the villains are, like, generic drug dealer guys. And it's only when they bring in, like, big... Or when Jason Statham's the villain. Where you're like, oh my god, these are, like, really good guys to play off of in all of these scenes. And Idris Elba is insane in this. He's so good. Yes. Great, great supervillain. Um, the plan seemed to be a, a lot like... I mean, it was it was very similar in a lot of ways to the previous villain to Charlize Theron's, but with a super virus instead of uh, computer hacking and nuclear weapons. It was just I'm going to infect everybody with this super virus, and um, definitely hits differently now in 2021. But but um, then it probably did when it was uh, put out in theaters in 2019. Um, the uh, the, the next scene, I think, is... So, uh, Helen Mirren's in jail, right? Is that what happens next? She's been arrested? I think right before that is where we see Hobbs and Shaw on side-by-sides go oh, and right. a bunch of ass to introduce the movie. I really like that. I really like that scene. It's good. Um, I thought so it was good, good cinematography. It was not only good, um, a, a good theoretical idea right like show just showing the the two act like the going about their day side by side the two stars of the film um but i like the lighting it's just a subtle subtle things like the lighting effects like you you, you used um uh hobbs had much more warm warm tones shaw had much more cool tones to show the um Definitely to show the, you know, to riff on the differences, riff on the, the opposites, the polarization of the two characters as, as different. Um, and I, I, I suspect it's because, in a way, you know, Hobbes was in Los Angeles and Shaw being in London, reflecting the different, like, temperature zones, you know, warmth with, with uh, the bright, sunny Los Angeles and the cool, rainy streets of London, but maybe also perhaps their personalities, Right, like uh, Hobbs is much more of like a firebrand kind of loose cannon, and Shaw is like more of a you know I guess he's kind of more of the the subtle rogue kind of angle. I just wish that I mean one of my pet peeves with the with Shaw's character as a whole is that I thought maybe he should have been more subtle. He he comes across as just another version of Hobbs, like a British Hobbs, but he's more I, I mean more methodical, I guess. It's kind of like a fox. Yeah. Yeah, no, the, the movie does such a good job of showing it, and I'll, I'll do a shout-out to um, the director of this film, David Leach, who, um, this is his first Fast and Furious movie, but previously he co-directed John Wick. He directed Atomic Blonde, Deadpool 2, and he just directed uh, Nobody with um, Bob Odenkirk. So his movies are very good. Um, he, he's clearly an outstanding director who I think brought a lot to the franchise in this movie. I think it, it was very well directed. Um, after we get their little side-by-side fight, yes, Matt, that's when we continue to expand the universe a little bit. We have a scene with each of them where Shaw goes and talks to his mother, played by Helen Mirren, in prison. And I'm sure what was a one-day shoot, a quick cameo for her. Uh, behind bars, which was a nice scene. Yeah, absolutely. That was kind of an in and out uh, session. 
Um, the uh, this is where it's it's uh, it's teased, I guess that that uh, Shaw has a sister. She's not mentioned b- before this in the series, correct? It's just really his brother Deckard, who's no, who is brought up. This movie. She was. She was. She was an eight. Remember? Yeah, they had the whole scene no, where I don't uh, remember this at all. Where Vin, where Vin met with her. Did you sleep through this part of the movie? There's a good, very good chance that I did. Yeah. Okay. Was this so was this in the ice park? I have a tendency to sleep during, I guess, action scenes that happen in the snow or the ice because no, it was that was the part I fell asleep no, in that movie too. You you know the part of the movie where Vin is like he pretends his car breaks down and he's working on it and like there's a van blocking the camera. And it was all part of the scheme. What he's doing while the car the van is blocking it, um is that he went and met with Helen Mirren in order to get Helen Mirren's two sons to then go on the plane and get his son back. Right. I remember that. I I know that I knew that oh oh okay. No, I I knew Helen Mirren was in the movie. I was talking about the, the sister. She was she's never been in a oh. previous movie. No, no, no. That's no, what no, I was no, talking she, about. Yes. No, no I knew. I, I knew that the mom. Yeah, the mother had been in a previous movie. Yeah. No, I. I the sister I had, had, had not been. I should have. No, I guess. The, I guess that was just a. That was just. I. I Englished a little bit too much there. That. Yeah. The. Uh, yeah. The. Um, the sister of of Shaw. Um, has never been in a previous movie. This is just kind of her sure. first time being men- mentioned. Hattie. Hattie Shaw. That's right. And they, they uh, this is also where it's, it's revealed that the, um, the schemes they come up with when they were kids, they named them after popular British rock stars, right? Yeah, very <laughs> odd. Very odd. Not quite sure the. You have the Keith Moon. The, the threat on that. The, the Keith That's Moon right. is is Mick Jagger. Is loud and and percussive because he was a drummer. Uh, the Mick Jagger is when you. I thought that was kind of genius in a way. Is like every they said everybody focuses on, on one, on one person because they're like the showy, the showy one, when the other one is doing all the work. I thought that was kind of interesting. Yeah, a good take on Which, it. By the way, not a, not a particularly revolutionary idea. Uh, of like, I'll cause a distraction to distract the people. No, I can't really give them credit for like inventing that. <laughs> no, but they, they wanted it. They wanted to jazz it up and give it a cool British seventies eighties name to it. So the Mick Jagger is uh, it, it is. Did they have another one? Those are the only two I remember. Keith Moon and the Mick uh, Jagger. I believe those, as far as I remember, yes, those are the only yeah. two. Kind of wanted them to keep going with that. At least have like one more. Thought like three would have been well rounded. But um, yeah, we, we're, we're, we're tasked with. We're now we're now beginning to be tasked with what this movie is about, which is uh, finding the the first act is now finding Hattie Shaw, uh, who has um, survived this attack from um, Etion Etion Etion. Um, and she is now on her own and, uh, everybody's looking for her, including, um, MI6 who think that she is responsible for the attack. That's right. That's right. Yeah. Uh, one other quick thing I'll mention before we get to, 
um, Hobbs and Shaw actually connecting is we do have the scene in the diner with Hobbs and his daughter um, where they talk about the family tree project. She's getting A's on all her homework. Good for her. And we're introduced to a new character in the franchise um, whose name is Locke. Locke, uh, who is played by Ryan Reynolds. I think this is because I was reading somewhere that the um, somebody on the directing team came out of uh, Deadpool. Mm. So well, yeah, the, the director directed Deadpool too. Yeah, the, the director, right, it, it, David Leach. Yeah, so he directed Deadpool too. So I wonder if I, I mean, there's the connection, basically. Um, otherwise, I mean, obviously, also because this is a comedy movie, Ryan Reynolds is, a, is a traditionally a comedy actor. He's there. I I didn't like him in this movie. I didn't like. I didn't. I I. Ronald, Ryan Reynolds hits. You know, he's very hit or miss with me, and and usually I don't like him in stuff. I really, really, really liked him in Detective Pikachu, yeah. which turned out to be one of my sleeper favorite movies of all time. Um, but in a lot of other stuff, he just doesn't. I just don't. I don't like his humor. I don't like him in the stuff. I, I, I am very averse to, to Ryan Reynolds in general. It's just a personal thing with me. Nothing against him as an actor. I'm sure there are a lot of Ryan Reynolds fans out there that I've now completely alienated from our show. You just think he sucks. That's fine. But I, I don't like him. I just don't I just don't like him. It's a personal preference, personal thing. He, ir- he irks me. He irks me in a lot of ways. What also irks me, Sean, is that this character was named Locke. Do you have any idea how many, like, Hobbs and Locke jokes there are out there now? They're kind of tired. Uh, Lost did it. We liked it when Lost did it. But it didn't. It didn't need to happen again. That's kind of a. There's the 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 odd thing about this movie is that it tries to squeeze in a lot of smart jokes, like smarter people jokes. That I I don't think that's the quite the audience. I guess maybe you know, like he quotes Nisha at one point um, in the movie. Uh, Hobbs does. It's just like who is that for? The, 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 like the the. The dumb meatheads that watch this movie—that they're gonna um, like that joke. But I mean, maybe it's not all. I mean, we watched this movie, and I may be dumb, but I'm not a meathead. So, <laughs> I mean, I always um, thought of you as know. a meathead. <laughs> maybe I'm a meathead, but not dumb. I don't know. Maybe a lot of people that are watching the movie uh, know who Nisha is. I'm just not giving them enough credit. But, um. I I didn't I just didn't I, I didn't like that his name was was Locke. It was just like very much on the nose. It's like oh we get it, Hobbs and Locke. That's great. That's funny. Haha. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I I I, I could have done without him in the scene. They could have gotten that generic boring white guy, Mister Nobody's best little assistant. He could have been the 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 stand-in, and it didn't need to be Ryan Reynolds. I thought. Well, I will say, though, I did think the generic white guy who brought Shaw into it was good, too. I liked him. I enjoyed him. And are we going to get the Fast and Furious Presents Hobbs and Shaw Presents 
those two guys in a movie. I would watch that. Yes. Ryan Reynolds and the other guy. Sure. I, I, I would I would watch it. I would watch it. I like that guy. I like the other guy that brought Shaw in. He was he was cool. Um I liked his joke about where they said what is what is what do baseballs what do baseball bats and CIA agents have in common? He said the both pe- people no what do baseballs and CIA agents have in common? And he said it's that they people cheer when you hit them with a bat. And he was like, yeah. no, I don't give a shit about either. That I was don't like give a toss it, about either. I don't I give a toss about, about either. He was very British about it. Yeah, Which I was like, yeah, mm-hmm. man. Yeah, <laughs> the lines were so good in this, and it's crazy because the same guy who wrote this writes the Fast and Furious movies, and I'm like, those need to be funnier. This was a, a, certainly a lot of comedy in this one, and and um, they they didn't they also didn't skimp on co- uh, comedic actors, right? Like when they brought they brought Ryan Reynolds in, but they also brought Kevin Hart in, so mm-hmm. they were they were trotting out the. Uh, the, the comedy actors on here. I thought Kevin Hart's scene was kind of funny. Little little chuckle there. Yeah, I think I think Ryan Reynolds' cameo was better. But again, it's like this movie. Everyone talks about the Fast and Furious movies, like oh, they're so over the top, they're so big and crazy. And I'm like, they're not. This movie's big and over the top and crazy, where they're just blowing shit up and having action and kicking ass. And there's like big, like legit movie stars who just show up for no reason. Like that's cool. Yeah, it's it's over the top, and it, it's definitely they don't skimp on the comedy here. Um, we also get the revelation that through the uh, through the girl's homework, the daughter's homework, we get the revelation of a, of a couple things. Number one, uh, Hobbs does not know that his daughter watched Game of Thrones at a friend's house, and she is not allowed to go over there again. Uh, number two. Uh, we get the surprise revelation that uh, Hobbs has a brother, and, and they don't speak. They're not on speaking terms. He also lives in Samoa, which I assume was where The Rock is from. Am I correct about thinking that? Is that where Dwayne Johnson hails from? That that part of the world, for sure. I think the, my, the only thing I don't know, and I'm actually going to look it up right now we're talking, is uh, he is like... Um, uh, ethnically Samoan. I don't think he actually was like oh. born there. No, no, he was born in California. Right. Um, but, but his yes. his family is oh a, a, a melange of things actually. Yes, there's a lot he's of. He's from a family of professional, a long history of professional oh my wrestlers goodness. from Samoa. He has quite yeah quite a reference. The Samoan is on his mother's side. Yes. Uh, and yes, professional wrestler. Um, very interesting. Do you, do you know the Roman Reigns is probably one of his more famous uh, big WWE star? They're cousins, I believe, and he's in this movie. He is. He, I believe he plays his brother, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which was cool. Um, yeah, so obviously that's going to be important later on. Um, because they, they inform, we get the information up front. We weren't going to get it otherwise, so we know that there's going to be something involving the brother. Yep. Um, that's Chekhov's can of Nas for uh, <laughs> for this movie. And um, we also know that maybe we'll get to see Samoa at some point. So 
that's where uh, that's what we, we learn from the diner scene. Also, The Rock loves pancakes on his cheat day. That's what Hobbs likes to eat on his cheat day. Is just a giant, massive, comically large stack of pancakes. Sean, do you think you could eat that many pancakes in one sitting? Well, uh, it's a good question. You see, The Rock is uh, six foot five inches and two hundred and sixty pounds. If I were that big, I think I could. I think I could. In my current shape, no, I don't think I could. I don't think, no. What was shocking to me was not the size of the pancake tower. It was the lack of syrup. I didn't see any syrup. Or maybe there dry was a maybe small syrup. That's dry That would be a dry stack. I, I'm confident if I had the syrup and I had the accessibility, I don't think I could finish that whole stack. I would... I don't even know if I can make a solid dent in it. I know for sure without syrup that that ain't happening. It's Absolutely just not. not. You're going you're gonna to choke, frankly. It's unsafe. It is. It is unsafe. Um, anything else from the diner scene that we, that we uh, uh, garnered here? No, I, I think it was a good, a good... I mean, the movie had a lot of good bits. What are you going to do? Um, no, the guys uh, get back together. Uh, they return to... Well, uh, Luke goes to London, where Deckard already is, um, and they meet at the CIA black site. They have a back and forth. I ain't working with you. Um, and the whole, you know, uh, antagonistic relationship. Uh, they threaten to kill each other a bunch, and then they split off. Deckard goes to Hattie's apartment, uh, still not realizing it's his sister at this point, um, where he's attacked by uh, Aton operatives, and Hobbs finds Hattie, and they fight, and then he brings her to the CIA office where Deckard arrives and informs that, hey, that's my sister. That's my sister you got there. Lay your hands off my sister. I've been working on my uh, my impression. Um, but at that point, the office is attacked, and Hattie is taken by Brixton, uh, where they uh, run down the side of the building. And again, in a movie where people just can't die, uh, the rock literally just like jumps out a window and falls a whole bunch and falls on top of people and somehow survives. Yeah, that, uh, that was our, our, this movie seemed like it couldn't handle, I mean, many, many movies of the, of the series have the same, um, the same style, but it couldn't handle not having an action scene in, in almost every scene. As a matter I was, I was shocked that we didn't get like, agents breaking into the diner and like smashing the windows down and like the uh, you know Hobbs had to like fight them to get get his daughter out it just seemed like every scene almost required or mandated action to happen so we get the uh the scene of the the headquarters um of course we get the you know the confrontation initially of the two of them i i enjoyed that i liked when they were yelling at the the uh the 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 investigator people I also like the the interesting um, the inductive reasoning that uh, um, Hattie uses, where, where she automatically knows that he's CIA and that he's not going to kill her, um, just based on like who he is. She's like, "You're not subtle. You, when we fought before, you didn't try to kill me. You're not uh, carrying a clipboard, and you don't look like a dork. So you're probably not an analyst." So that was um, that was that was funny. Um, Anything else from the scene that you liked? Um, no, 
just good quippy dialogue. They're they're you know they're they're yelling at each other, threatening to kill each other, and then they you know they're the two kind of nerdy guys on the other side of the glass, and one guy goes, "I ain't going in there," and the other guys go, "I ain't going in there." You know, it's a lot of funny jokes like that. There, um, Brixton uh, frames all three as traitors. Um, they get into a McLaren and drive around London in a big action chase scene. Who uh, They crash through a bunch of stuff. Brixton crashes through a double-decker bus. Um, I don't know if you had any thought. I don't think this was the best action scene of the movie, but it was very solid. Yeah, I, I liked it. I enjoyed this one. It was, uh, and, and it's kind of interesting because we mentioned before that we, we didn't like one of the um, chase scenes through the streets of London. This one, I, I think it was it, a lot of it was the lighting. This one took place during the day, and it was just it's just better. You could see more; things were clearer. I, I like this one much better than uh, the one that we saw in um, in the previous film. This movie, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong. There were some hand to hand scenes, which I love. I love that you know action movie tropes are always so funny to me. But uh, Shaw in his sister's apartment doing that action movie thing where an apartment is only lit by an annoyingly large neon sign outside, uh, which is such like a movie trope. But for the most part, all the action in the movie is daytime action. Yeah, I, I did notice that. Um, the CGI is really good in this, especially yeah. compared to some of the other movies. Yeah, it's, it's, it's highly, uh, I would say even better than passable. I'd say it was, it was good. It was downright good. Was some, I mean, you could tell a lot of the Idris Elba motorcycle work obviously was CGI, um, but it didn't look too cartoony, uh, a little bit, but not too much. And you kind of buy it because he's the, I'm, I'm black Superman. I, I can't do it with Idris Elba, but um, yeah. Yeah. Idris Elba, Elba, by the way, um, he was one of, this is just an interesting fact, or not, so interesting. This is just a fact that I um, I have about Idris Elba is that he was one of the first stars. I think it was him and Tom Hanks that when uh, the pandemic was first starting out, he was one of the first people that I heard about had contracted COVID. And at the time, people didn't know much about it. It was very scary. And uh, I remember it was him and Tom Hanks that both had COVID. It was like, oh, no. Oh, my God. Like, they're two of my favorite actors for sure. They're up there. Uh, I think Idris Elba's great and everything, and um, yeah, I remember. I remember he put like a video out with him, and like when he had COVID, and it was just one of those, uh, one of those things. Good man. Hmm. Um. So at this point, the our three characters have to figure out what they're going to do. Uh, they track down the professor who created Snowflake. Uh, and Professor Andreco. That's right. A uh, fun little dorky guy. Um, and they find out that they either have to kill Hattie and burn her to destroy the virus, or they have to remove it with a specialized extraction device, which is located in Aton's facility in Chernobyl. Um, they, uh, they go back and forth, decide what they're going to do, and they decide to pull uh, the Keith Moon or the Mick Jagger. I mix them up. The, 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 the Mick Jagger. They're, they're going to pull the Mick Jagger. The Keith Moon is just referenced as something that they did. It was like you know, something they did in their childhood. That was one of their things, and it was just to be funny in the moment. <laughs> but the, key, the 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 Mick Jagger is the name of their current scheme, or the, at least the style that they're employing on the current scheme. Yep. They um, 
Let's see, they go to Shaw's underground compound to get fake aliases. They get on a plane. We have some comedy on there. Um, the Mike Oxmall um, bit where uh, the Rock is detained at the airport. They go back and forth on the airplane. We meet uh, Kevin Hart, who is an air marshal, who gets in some funny lines. Any thoughts on any of this? Uh, I I thought he he was funny. I liked Kevin Hart in this one. Um, I usually like Kevin Hart in the things that he's in, and I, I liked the, I liked the part where he's like changing his voice. And although then I realized that Guardians of the Galaxy did almost the exact same joke, so I wonder if that wasn't just cribbed from from Guardians, since this did this movie did have a lot of Marvel in it. Uh, I mean, essentially, Idris Elba's character was like a Marvel supervillain, right? He had, like, a power suit. He could read everybody. He could. I, I thought it was interesting that his power suit was based on probability. It was like, here's the probability that they're going to do this, so I'm going to do this to counter it. Which, um, by the way, was a tool he sometimes used. Like, sometimes when he was fighting him, he'd be like, I know exactly what you're going to do, and he'd kick their ass, and then sometimes he just, like, wouldn't use it, and he would get his ass kicked. Yes, that was that wasn't maybe it just had, maybe the batteries had to charge. Yeah, he had to plug it in and it had to charge. Also, there was one part where the movie where they zip up his spine. Yeah, <laughs> that was Very pretty cool. cool. Um, so, yeah, he's. Um, we could talk about the nature of his of his supervillain um, company, his entity, Etion. Are they a social yeah. media company or are they a biotech company? Because I'm confused. Because they're none of the kind of a lot of both, right? As far as I understand it, they're not really a company at all. They are a black site, dark money intelligence. It's not like you can go buy Aton products at the store. Like it's not a it's not a company in that respect. I think it's literally just like a research and development. Um, type of thing. Like, it's... Like, normal people shouldn't know Aton exists. Like, it's that kind of thing. Okay. Um, and... But what they've done is they've used all their dark money to do the technology and get control of the media and blah, 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 and have... Are they, are they contracted with the government or something? I don't think like... so. No, I think they're, they're their own thing. I, th I think it's like a. Okay. I think it's a research and development operation to look at future-facing technologies, mainly around weapons and biotechnologies. Is how I understand it. So, like, do they pay taxes on? No, they're off the grid, man. Oh, off the grid. Okay, they're underground. It's legit. Got it. So when Amazon delivers the the like supplies that they need they have their own supply chain maybe they don't use amazon they have their own their own procurement and logistics divisions okay i i believe so yes very dark a very dark or very much okay very dark web but but i love in, uh, I in chernobyl say, again uh action movie tropes love the robot voice bad guy love it love it you're setting up multiple sequels there's no actor it's a faceless voice. Such a good villain idea. Could be anyone. I think it's great. And that's what they set up. Could the be anyone. Movie, where he kind of uh, calls into the helicopter and he says, it's not over. And you need Idris Elba anymore. Because he just keeps going. I think I'm such a fan of it. Could that. be anyone. It could even be Vin Diesel. 
Yes. <laughs> yes. Yes. Cipher actually I think did that would be kind of cool. Go bad. They're, they don't have the balls. They won't do it. But it would be it would be cool. I would I would I would absolutely support so, that decision. Let me ask you a question, Matt. So obviously the movies now and the sort of later movies are bringing in big name actors to play some of these roles. Who do you think should be head of Aton? Who, who? What actor do you think they should cast? to be the the robot voice sort of uh indescript no name leader of the the organization. Well I have a feeling I, I think I I could guess I I if I were to, if I were a betting man, I I think they might bring Sherry Theron back and she would be the one that's behind all of it. That that's Maybe. something I could see this this because it's it's a safe choice. Maybe it's a safe choice, and they've worked with her before, and and a lot of reasons to to do it. Um, but I, who do I want them to to bring what about, in? What do you think How, about Harry Harrison Styles? Ford. Oh, Harrison Ford. Okay, <laughs> much di- much better. Two, okay. two more different people. That's a complete end of the spectrum. Harrison Ford yeah. and Harry Styles. <laughs> oh my god. Where's their Hobbs and Shaw movie? Oh oh my Sean, I would line up to see that one. Incredible. I would I would pay almost almost anything <laughs> that HBO Max wanted me to pay for that for that premium. I would I would shell it out. I wanna I'd want I wanna see that. Please. Harrison Ford, Harry Styles. <laughs> Oh, that would be good. Um, no, I uh, I really don't know. I guess uh, Harrison Ford would be he would be kind of fun to have in this because he would be just so disinterested, like how Harrison Ford is for every movie he's in, and just disengaged and grumpy. But you know who I legitimately think would be good? Who's that? Out, Bradley Cooper. I think okay. he plays like a smug bad guy who like wants to like pretends to be nice and ha- like, oh, no, I'm just doing it for the right reasons. Everyone likes what I'm doing. But really, he's like secretly conniving. Well, I was actually thinking maybe Ryan Reynolds was like some kind of double agent. Ooh, and, and, he yes. too. and he's like, yes. actually, a, he's actually like a, like behind it all. But I don't. Yeah, I don't know That's if good. they'll do that. In the sequel, I, I would, I, I mean, I'd like to see. Yeah, I, I like Bradley Cooper a lot too. I think he's a, he's also a phenomenal actor. So he could he could totally he could totally um, surprise us here and deliver that uh, villain villainous role. Could also be maybe be Kurt Russell. Maybe he as Mister Nobody is like playing both sides. I don't that know. That'd be great. I do love me. I don't know Kurt if Russell. the I don't know if the series is brave enough for that though, but. But we'll see, I guess. Oh my god, the um this is the last name I'll pitch, but the um uh who's the Oh man, why can't I think of his name? Uh from uh the dude. Um You're thinking of Matt LeBlanc. Uh the No, from uh Tron and from Oh, um you're thinking of uh yeah, the yeah, the the dude. Okay. You are Thinking of um, uh, of Jeff Bridges. 
Jeff Bridges. Yep. Yes. Jeff Bridges. I love yeah. Jeff Bridges. Mm -hmm. I had to think about his name too. Very good in Iron Man one. I like him in the first Iron Man. It's a shame they killed him off. I, I don't know if I would buy the cadence though. He has a very specific cadence of how he like speaks and he, yeah, man. And, and I don't know if, I just don't know if the, uh, jumbled garbled up voice would I, I think we would be able to hear his cadence through that even though it's distorted I, and same thing with like Matthew McConaughey I thought he would be cool too as a choice yeah. but I think it would, we would be able to pick it up how about Charlie Day from uh, Always Sunny what do you think I about think that he should be in these movies for <laughs> sure yeah. I, what about Danny DeVito no, no, I don't think he should be in the mind at all. No, <laughs> but again, I wouldn't I mind would... if he was in these movies. It would be, it would be great. Just bring the whole Always Sunny cast. Just bring him in, man. Um, mm -hmm. All right. So, um, so yeah. So we briefly meet Deckard's former flame, Margarita, in Moscow. They get a bunch of equipment and they go to infiltrate the facility. We get a ton of action. Boom, boom, boom. Stuff's exploding. Cars. Uh, a new, uh, a hydrogen bomb. They blow up Chernobyl. Um, Andrico is killed. Uh, the device to extract Snowflake from Hattie's veins is damaged, uh, but the gang ex escapes and uh, Idris Alba lives. Now, Matt, uh, I will tell you, when I was watching this movie, I was chugging along, got to this scene. It ended, like, literally right before we show Idris Alba lives. Like, it looks like he's about to die, and I'm like, you know, I don't know if I love the ending of this movie, but this is a pretty good ending to the movie. And then it, like, he lived, and I paused it, and there was still an hour left. And I'm like, <laughs> yes. these movies, like, on it, like, no joke, like, I don't need anything after this. Like, that should have been the big ending set piece to the movie. Like, I don't, it almost really frustrated me when they're like, what are we going to do now? And then it says, like, Samoa in big letters. I'm like, no! No, this is too much movie. This could have been two movies. I don't need Hobbs' family. Like, you just had a really great big action sequence. Just end it. It would have been like an hour and a half movie. I I feel like they pulled an Adam Sandler here where, like, maybe maybe The Rock just, he was just like, well, you want to go to Samoa? Let's go to Samoa. You can meet my family and I'll, I'll have everybody in a big uh, big barbecue. And we'll hang out in Samoa on the on the movie's dime. I really feel like that's what happened here. I think it was just an Adam Sandler. You know, he like just makes movies to go on vacation and hang out with friends in exotic locations. Yeah, I, I think that's think that's what made, he pulled here. I think he's made three movies where no joke the plot is Adam Sandler's character goes on vacation. And like that's the plot of the movie. So no, you're and, and they're all exactly the exact same movie, just with, with different actresses playing the 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 woman role, and uh, different. I think different actors playing the, the kids, and his his friends are all the same. He's the same guy. <laughs> just, oh, David we'll Spade Hawaii. In this movie? Yeah, we'll go to Hawaii, or we'll go to South Africa, or, or or we'll go wherever he wants to go in that movie. Thailand, I don't know. Um, I can't believe Chris Rock is in this Adam Sandler movie. Um, yes. Yeah, I know. Uh, well, I, I just, I agree with you. And, and that's just my, the only point I'm going to make that there was a lot I liked about this movie, but it was too long. Like all these movies are, it was an hour to 2.15. And I was like, it, if it had ended 
with the Chernobyl sequence and Idris Elba gets blown up and they get the machine and they're like, woo, we did it. We saved the world. Like I would have been a very happy man. Yeah. I, I, I the smaller part, I didn't know what he needed, but it also brought in the family element, which I guess we had with Shaw cause his mom is there and his sister, but we didn't see how, uh, Hobbs's family, so we had to bring in the family because this is this is what we would family's family. This is the movie that we're watching, the franchise we're watching. I need Even if Vin Diesel is not there. Now, Matt, I'll I'll add some connective tissue from how we got from A to B since you uh, didn't see it. But um, basically, they need somebody to repair the damaged machine. Now, of course, I'm sure there's a lot of great bioengineers out there, a lot of great mechanical engineers out there. But Hobbs says, I got a guy. And that guy is his estranged brother in Samoa who fixes cars and I guess also incredibly high-tech blood extractor machines. So they head out to his childhood home in Samoa. Uh, There's an awkward moment. He gets punched in the face by his brother. We meet his mother and the rest of the family. And there's some quips there. And basically they say, you got to help us save the world. They say, I guess we will. Um, We see the uh, Hobbs Customs uh, their legitimate car shop they now have, making uh, vehicles for people all over the world, and they begin work not only on fixing the machine, but also fort- fortifying the area around it for when Idris Elba and team eventually come to take Snowflake back. Yes, this this movie becomes a castle defense movie. Uh, they fortify they work to, they fortify the fields. They do the last samurai like training. Um, or mainly, it's mainly like building stuff and everybody's working real hard and it shows how hard they're working and uh, then um, Hobbs and, and Maddie ki- uh, Hattie Hobbs and Hattie kiss at one point because we knew that was going to happen the movie basically demanded it um, and uh, yeah then they, they all get ready for the big the big fight the big because uh, Etienne is coming uh, you know the the big, uh, the big, the big man, the big um, government is coming to shut down the rec center, and you know we gotta, we gotta get ready, and we gotta paint it and make it look nice for one bit, last big, uh, big last big show. That. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's what they do. So, well, and then of course they have to do that thing where what? There are no guns here. That's crazy. And so they have to be all Samoan and get their traditional hand to hand combat weapons. And they disable the guns on the bad guys so they can just kick a bunch of ass. Yeah, how did that work exactly? What was the... How did they pull that off? It was like a... Yeah, they had... Device they had? They had? Stolen the, the, yeah, the special glove that you needed to use the guns, and they plugged the glove into a computer, and I guess since literally everyone in this movie is a hacker, um, Hattie was able to reverse engineer it to disable the guns for a while. Because they were smart guns. Because they're high tech people. So, but but couldn't they equally? Couldn't they just? Couldn't she have reprogrammed the guns to only work for them, so they could use the guns? I guess not. I don't. I mean, again, it was that bullshit of like only disable it for six minutes, and I'm like, that's such an arbitrary amount of time. Yes. Okay. This is. There's a lot of. Like, I got kind of tired. Maybe that's why I fell asleep. Because my my um. My my suspension of disbelief. I have to. I had to lift that. 
I had to lift that suspension of dis- disbelief for so long for a lot of the things that happened in this movie. It might have been what put me out, <laughs> put me under. Um, yeah, they ask you to make a lot of leaps in the last 30 minutes of the movie. Mm, yeah. But we get another another uh, Haka, which is cool. I didn't think we were going to yes. see that again. We get another one. This one is not a soccer team of little girls. This is real Samoan people. Um, they do it. Nice. They do the Haka. It's good to celebrate the culture and more more power to them. I'm sure they got some big tax break for shooting there. Um, I don't think they actually shot in Samoa though. I don't oh, think they what. I think that the, on a surprise twist, I think they actually shot those uh, scenes in Hawaii. They did. Yeah. Oh my god! I did research ahead of time. I uh, I I don't know why. I I they, they could find no explanation for why they they did that because usually when they don't do it, it's because of geopolitical reasons. But filming in Samoa, I would think, would be fine just like filming in hawaii but i guess not wild Absolutely i don't know wild. my mind is filmed on Kauai. i i i don't i just don't know i don't know why uh in, especially with the emphasis on samoa like going back to samoa and the rock being home why not just actually film it in samoa i, I just don't i don't know why and I can't find an explanation for it anywhere. Maybe it was just cheaper. Maybe that's just it. Maybe Hawaii, but Hawaii is not cheap. That's I would think Samoa would be cheaper. Who knows? I I don't know. <laughs> I can't explain it. Uh, and at this point, they battle. Stuff explodes. They light some stuff on fire. There's a helicopter. That flies around. It uh, it drags a bunch of cars around. Um, I don't know any any thoughts on this general. I, I thought it was a a fine action sequence. Nothing I hadn't seen before. I think the uh, cars with the nos driving into each other and connecting to each other to hold down the helicopter was um, what's the word I'm looking for? Stupid. Uh, but you know it's a Fast and Furious presents movie. So what do you expect? Yeah, that that was not that was pretty stupid. Not the stupidest thing in the movie. There was a lot of I don't know. We could make we could do like a whole ranking of of that, which would be kind of fun. But um yeah, there was th- that was quite a fight scene, very dramatic, the rain and everything. They make that super uh super dramatic action scene. Um and we get yeah we get kind of like this the vibe of the the whole family is the community community is the family right um something like that i think that's what they were going for uh oh i i don't mean to interrupt uh, you but i did just learn yeah. this from wikipedia uh the aton director the robot voice is played by reynolds in the film under a pseudonym. I don't think they're intending to imply it, but it was originally supposed to be Keanu Reeves, which is great. Oh, yes. Okay. Didn't even good. think of him, but yes. That would have been my my uh, real pick for sure. Uh, no, anyhow. That's, that's good. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
big action sequence at the end. The helicopter crashes. The car crashed. Nobody's hurt, unsurprisingly. Um, the extraction of Snowflake out of Hattie is just about wrapped up. Well, Hobbs and Shaw learn they have to work together to defeat Idris Alba. Uh, they eventually do. They kick his ass pretty good. The director of Aton uh, remotely deactivates uh, Idris Alba, killing him and tossing him into the ocean to maybe be never seen again, question mark. Um, at that point, the director talks directly to Hobbs and Shaw, claiming to know Hobbs and having interacted with him in the past. Hmm, sequel, uh, question mark. Uh, and... Um, that is it. The group celebrates their victory and moves on with their lives. That's the end of the fight. And we have some post-credit scenes, but that's kind of how the movie ends. Yeah. And the post-credit scenes, I guess, are mostly, you know, typical setup for the next time. We get one of them that's a joke. And we get, yeah, we get the, we get a, yeah, potential sequel in that, uh, Locke calls Hobbs and says that they found another virus, another That's snowflake virus. The other one liquefied the inside of your body, but this one liquefies the outside of your body. <laughs> um, Hobbs also brings his daughter to meet the family in Samoa. Deckard and Hattie uh, visit their mother and imply they're going to bust her out of prison. Um, and then it ends with a joke where uh, Hobbs sends the London police to uh, arrest Deckard, uh, and he told the police his name was Hugh Janus. So, mm -hmm. uh, very funny. Very funny stuff. Indeed. Indeed. And that's that's where we are, we are through Hobbs and Shaw, Sean. What did you think of this movie overall? Uh, Matt, I was a big fan of this movie. The people agreed. $174 million, uh, it in the U.S. Uh, and $760 million around the world. Um... It was uh, a big success uh, all the way around 67% on Rotten Tomatoes. And uh, Dwayne Johnson won the Nickelodeon Kids' Choice Awards for Favorite Movie Actor for this film. Hmm. Um, Matt, I, I genuinely thought this was a great movie overall. Barely a Fast and Furious movie. Um, I just think I like Dwayne Johnson and Jason Statham a lot. And it's... And I just like, you know... I think, not to make a bigger point about this, but I think back to the, the era of the 80s action movie, your Rambos and your Predators, and back when they were, you know, your uh, anything with Jean-Claude Van Damme type stuff. And I'm like, I think this is what's sort of bringing it back, is the action film that's got some humor, but it's also got really charismatic actors shooting out a lot of one-liners. And when I think about the rest of the Fast and Furious films with the family and Vin and, and all these other characters... I don't know what they're really going for anymore. You know what I mean? It, it's it's it, they become very flat movies compared to something. I wish the Fast and the Furious movies were more like this one, leaning into the comedy, leaning into the heightened aspects of it. That's why I think when I you know we talked about which of these movies we kind of like more than others. I think Fast Five is a good example with the heist and all that. I think does lean more into that and brings in people like um, Gal Gadot and. Um, the uh, gentleman from Tokyo Drift, whose name I can't think of at the moment, uh, Han, and some of these guys who bring levity to it that by the time you get to seven and eight, they're gone and you're just left with a lot of Vin Diesel, who I like, but isn't making the movies what I want them to be. So overall, I am a massive fan. I took not a single note because I just watched the whole movie. I loved it. What did you think? I thought it was just okay. I, I don't know if I loved it as much as you. You definitely are more, much more enthusiastic about it. Um, I just, 
from a big okay we'll start with the with the glows we'll do the glows and then we'll do the grows so what was uh what glowed for me about this movie i liked um i liked the 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 the, the smaller cast the more narrow cast angle was refreshing um, because I felt like that was a problem, especially as the series, as the former movies in the franchise progressed, it was, it became like everybody was kind of vying for screen time. It wasn't just, um, it wasn't just Dom and, um, like the other characters anymore. It was now like Dom and, um, and Roman and Brian and, uh, you know, the 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 slew of other people that had that had grown into this family, um, and it becomes really difficult. I think when you when you have to write. I mean, just ask um, just ask anybody who's made a Marvel movie, or just ask anybody who, who or an Avengers movie, I should say. Just ask Joss Whedon, who did make an, an Avengers movie, and and um who's made other movies too, where he has to just really constantly balance all of these. I got a message from uh, Xbox, Xbox live uh, telling me the new uh, things coming out next month. Anyway, um, just uh, it's, it's a lot of, there's a lot of people to balance a lot of, uh, a lot of things to keep track of. I thought that just narrowing it down to uh, just a couple of people really just, um, Hobbs and Shaw and uh, Hattie really are the main people to focus on here. I thought it was, I like that because it and at any time we get to see more more of The Rock and more of Jason Statham, I think is just a, is a plus because they're usually the ones I look forward to seeing the most in the other movies. Um, I, I like I like when they're on screen the most. I think maximizes my happiness. The big problem that I had though with this movie is the lack of stakes. I thought that from the beginning, the premise is almost it's the, the, the main conflict of the movie is almost a joke in itself. Yeah. So I immediately had the sense of why should I care about this? Why should I care about this at all? Because clearly our main characters don't, it becomes more of like a, Oh, well it looks like it's up to us to save the world again. And this this virus is going to turn people's insides into goo, and it it seems like the movie had, does this 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 complete one eighty from it being a complete joke and being something to be made fun of to it all of a sudden learn Samoa. Oh, you have to you guys have to take this seriously. If you don't stop them, they're going to turn our insides into goo with this virus. And it's like, well, the whole movie, you, you didn't care, like, not that you didn't care about it, because you went on the mission, but you made jokes, like, it was a joke to you, until now, all of a sudden, you're supposed to care about it, and I, I don't know, I didn't, it didn't really hit for me, and the whole time, it was just like, it was a vehicle for for the jokes, which I get, and, and as, a, as a buddy comedy movie, I, I thought most of the jokes did work, and they landed, um, but... But it was just that that overall sense of of uh, feeling that the conflict was was not really there or present. Yeah, um, and, and it's a shame. It's a shame because Idris Elba was I thought it was a damn good villain, and I thought that you know 
if they had just the writing had had been there, they could have treated the the concept, the um the overall conflict more more seriously. Yeah, I, and that's I, I a million percent agree with you. And frankly, I think it's a problem with a lot of these Fast and Furious movies, even with Cipher. And I, I guess with Dom's son, it was a little different. But in a lot of these movies, the motivation is is never really there. The characters just do it because the movie needs them to. I think this movie could have done a lot more with, and maybe the sequel will, with Aton. And they just kept saying, we're about the future of mankind and the evolution of mankind. And I'm like, what does that mean? Like, what, what do you actually... Get? Like you said, you couldn't define what Aton was. I'm like, I think they could have invested a little more. Because the plan wasn't about liquefying people. It was about killing off the weak. And I'm like, okay, but what does that mean? And what, how does that help you get to your goals? Like, I, a little more time spent on that, I think, could have helped the movie. So I, I do agree with you there. And I hope... Um, and they're planning on a sequel. I hope if Aton continues to be the villain... Um, in the sequel that they spend a little time really understanding, you know, if it's like, Oh, Aton has secretly been funding all this stuff around the world. And we've been working for years to, you know, it's like, I kind of want almost specter esque, right. From our James Bond watch. I kind of want a little bit more. Uh, I agree with you there. But, yeah. Uh, it, it really did seem like they were just trying to make it a stand in for specter. It was just like the secret underground villain organization that does villain stuff. Yes. But, I feel like for this kind of a movie, we need a little bit more of an explanation. Well, there was a great line where he said right before they went to Samoa, he was like, gentlemen, we're heading off. This is where you earn your upgrades. And I was like, oh, so if you're a good soldier, you get cybernetic upgrades. Like, that's an interesting idea. Like, play on that. Like, how do they decide what are the upgrades? How do they decide who gets them? What does that mean for being a bad guy? Like, Obviously, the movie isn't about Idrisalba. It's about Hobbs and Shaw. But um, it, it's a cool idea. I like the idea of Aton and what they're doing. Like, you're, it is a cool villain idea. But you're right. They spent more time kicking ass and not a lot of time explaining it. Yeah. Just need to flesh it out a little bit more. And maybe the sequel will. I mean, you don't set up a villain like this to not use them again. So I have a sneaking suspicion they may be a foil in, in upcoming films. Now, Matt, we have been rating these movies on a scale... I'd love to know your rating. I'm happy to go first. Um, I do think I liked it more than you did, um, mainly because I just think it was a good movie overall. If this had nothing to do with Fast and Furious, it was just a fun action movie um, that I thought was well-made, well-shot, well-acted, well-written. It was just fun. It was just fun to watch. I just like watching these guys having a blast. Uh, And so I'm going to do it out of vials of Snowflake Virus. I'm going to give it... Eight vials of snowflake virus. It, this may, we're going to rank all these movies at the end of, uh, actually next week when we do the last one. This one may is definitely probably top three for me um, and could rank even higher. We'll see. What, what would you say? Um, unfortunately, even though it is cheat day, I think that uh, The Rock is going to go home a little bit hungry because I'm only going to give this uh, five comically large diner pancakes out of ten. Okay. Okay, gotcha, gotcha. You're you're excited next week to get back to Dom and the crew. Yeah, you know what it was also is I I didn't maybe I didn't approach this the proper way because I I didn't I didn't take into account that it is a comedy movie. Um, I thought what I thought they were going for in the beginning was it was a uh, like like the previous movie that movies have been right like a thriller with comedy like comedic elements, but this was just a straight up comedy. With I would argue with a comedy with thriller elements more so, 
And also, um, I, I I thought it would be more Fast and Furious. It was the only. It really was just a Fast and Furious movie in name. It was just using. It was a movie set in the Fast and Furious universe, but not really involving anything that had to do with the spirit of the franchise prior to the introduction of the character of Hobbs and Shaw. So, um, yeah. But I like yeah. that. You know, I will say, you know, whether you're a fan of the movie or not, I like the franchises taking opportunities to do different things, right? It was like when they pivoted to heist movies and then pivoted to spy movies. Like, I like their messing with it, playing with it. And you don't... It, it's a, it's incredible to me that when you're choosing a director for this movie, you bring in the guy who did Deadpool. This is a very Deadpool-esque movie in terms mm-hmm. of the comedy with the action. And it shows. And agree or disagree... I appreciate the fact that they didn't just make another Fast and Furious movie. And I hope the next one, because uh, they have talked about other spinoffs not involving Hobbs and Shaw. They've talked about doing an all-women spinoff is one of the ones they've talked about for a few years. I hope they use those as opportunities to play with the formula and uh, create some unique action films that aren't just cookie-cutter Fast and Furious movies. Do you think if they do the all-women cast, do you think that they're going to resurrect uh, Dom's ex-girlfriend slash baby mama? Elena, yeah. Do you think they're bringing her back for that? No, I I don't think they will. Um... Because they could always... Well, all right, so here's the thing, though. If they, they don't have her, they can't do Gal Gadot's character because they killed her off inexplicably. Um... Do do they just set it maybe in an earlier time when they were both still alive? No, you know who's going to anchor the movie is who's the biggest female star in the franchise. Toretto's wife. No. Uh, Michelle Rodriguez, no. Yeah. It's it's Charlize Theron. Charlize Theron is not, she's not a hero though. She's the bad, the bad guy. Doesn't matter. She's already uh, signed to a star in the film. Now, maybe as the villain, or maybe she turns and works with the heroes, but... Um, oh, I guess, yeah, it's an all-female cast, but it's not going to be about her, right? She's just going to be the villain. Potentially. Potentially. Mm. I mean, it's still in the very early... Yeah, early drafts. ...cycles, um, I would say. But if you could bring in... I love Michelle Rodriguez. I think she's great. Um, I think... Uh, who are the other women in the Gal Gadot, you've got um, well, she's dead. Whoever Mia, Mia, right? Uh, Brian's wife, Jordana Brewster. Mm -hmm. Um, I thought. By the way, I didn't give enough credit credits to Vanessa Kirby as Hattie is very good in this movie. Oh yeah, I thought she was great, and I would love to see her included. Yeah, she she fit the role. Helen Mirren, of course. So you you might have something there. Yeah, I I, I mean that's Maybe a Hobbs pretty bigger mother. cast than Hobbs. Yeah, Hobbs's mother in there too. Yeah, kick kicking ass. Okay, okay, I see where this is going. Yeah, this could be cool. Um, um we we've only got uh we've only got one of these left, huh? I I I've uh, I can't believe it. And if we had done this series a year earlier. We would have. We would be done. This would be the last one. Oh man, it's been a long summer, Matt. Uh, and I'm, uh, <laughs> <laughs> now that we're almost in October. In a couple hours, it'll be October. 
Yeah, and I'm told F9 is wild. So um, I am excited. Next week we'll be covering uh, 2021's F9, the latest in the franchise. Justin Lin returns to direct. And um, boy, Matt, I'm telling you, we've got some old favorites are coming back from what I read. Um, They go to space, I think. Uh, It's going to be a wild movie. Um, I also think it's like 18 hours long. It's a very long movie. Um, So Sutton, look forward to Mm-hmm. Next week, and then that's it. That's it. It's all she wrote. Can't wait. Crazy um, to, to talk about it. It's going to be a great one. You guys are going to want to come back. Uh, make sure you check out our website, upfordebate.tv. We've got all the past movie episodes there. Also in the feed, uh, subscribe wherever you get podcasts. Just search for Up for Debate and see the big purple icon. You'll know that's us. Of course, you can uh, get a hold of us. Let us know your thoughts on the Past and Furious. And if you think we're idiots, uh, upfordebatetv at gmail.com or tweet at us at upfordebatetv. But that is going to wrap it up here. So on behalf of Hugh Janus, I'm Mike Oxmall. Uh, thanks for being here. And we'll see you next time for more Fast and Furious action on another Up for Debate. This has been a Coffee and Beer production, executive produced by Matt Mariani and Sean Jennings. To learn more, visit coffeeandbeer.tv.